I'm gonna sue you. I got whiplash. That's right. It's Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames, and we're talking whiplash. Whiplash yes. from 2014. You got Abe, you got Mike, and you got our special guest as always. Today, our very special guest is someone who will introduce himself now or soon. Christian Ramirez. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Christian. Thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah of course. Host of Pop Culture Petri Dish. Yep. And guy who does things. Yeah. And who has not seen, had not seen Whiplash. I had not seen it until today. I and we to saw it, it together, I believe. We did. And we, it's one of our favorites. It's, yeah. uh, Abe and I are structuralists. We love tight, efficient structure and we love editing. So yeah. Whiplash is one oh, of yeah. our favorite films. Magnifique. Magnifique. Yeah. It also, uh, one of the first things I noticed about it that I just, every time I watch it, I go, God, I love that so much, is that, you know, it's a story of, if you haven't seen it, uh, a young musician who wants to become the best jazz musician in the world and is at a really rigorous conservatory, yep. played by Spider-Man himself, Miles Teeler. <laughs> That's and, not Spider-Man. Uh, he's not Spider-Man? <laughs> no, he's, he's Mr. Fantastic Mr. for Fantastic. the bad Fantastic Four. That's the right well, one. Well, one of the bad They're Fantastic all bad Fours. Who's the current <laughs> Spider-Man in Avengers? Tom Holland? Yeah. All right. Miles Teller. He's been in other things though, right? Is that yeah. the only other notable oh, yeah. thing? He uh, was in he was in a boxing movie. I can't remember what else he's been in. Actually. Okay. He's been in stuff. Yeah. Well in 2014 he was in this. Yeah. And he never played Spider-Man. <laughs> but <laughs> the two leads are him and J.K. Simmons, who's yeah. his fucking hard ass motherfucker of a professor who's really hard on him. Yeah. Um, but something I think is perfect is there's no better instrument for him to play when it comes to film as a medium yeah. than drums. Mm-hmm. Just violent slamming of yeah. And it's things. about rhythm. It's about yeah. timing. Mm-hmm. The structure of the drum solo that he plays at the end mm-hmm. mimics the structure of film in general, <laughs> like slowly building to a climax yeah. and then an all is lost moment and then a crescendo and then you wrap up. Uh, all right. So <laughs> Magnifique. <laughs> Magnifique. But Christian, we want to know what you thought because you're coming in really fresh and you just saw this. Like, right after it finished, to me, I did walk out of the theater going like, wow. Like, it was one of the ones where my yeah. mind was blown. Did you feel mm-hmm. that way? <laughs> um, I don't know if my mind was blown. The performances of Teller and J.K. Simmons were amazing to me. Um, just the intensity. I mean, it's intensity is the best way to describe J.K. Mm-hmm. Simmons. And he's the most hateable person who has ever been correct about something in a movie to me. Like, he's... He is like he knows that he's right about something and he's convinced and he and it's very easy to hate him until the very last scene of the movie where it's like, oh, the movie's opinion, at least to me, is that he's right. Like this is what what is required of you. You have to turn you have to turn away from the some other from other things that you love to have a breakthrough moment, a moment where it's like where you have where you can touch perfection. We'll and be talking about this a lot. I think yeah. this will be the meat of this podcast. Because yeah. the big questions the are, yeah. you know, is he the villain, J.K. Right. Simmons, or is it your own demons? The movie yeah. is about one thing so emphatically that I think we should lay it out. <laughs> and so basically J.K. Simmons believes that the true, the best of the best art only comes from tremendous struggle. And as he says near the end, uh, 
like Miles Teller straight up yeah. asked him, but couldn't you go too far and push someone so hard that they don't become Mozart or Charlie Parker or whatever? Yeah. And he says, no, then they weren't destined to be that. The next Charlie Parker would never give up no matter what. Right. Therefore, I could be as evil as I want to them. <laughs> yeah. And if I end up breaking their spirit, and he does, one of his past students hangs themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And he goes, but then... It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. Exactly. Well, then he wasn't destined to be Charlie Parker. That's not my fault. <laughs> I thought he was, but I'm, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm here to fuck kids until one of them becomes a genius. I mean, like metaphorically break them down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, like the first scene where he yells at his class felt so much like the famous Full Metal Jacket scene to me. That's yeah. exactly what it reminded me of. That's yeah. the pull. Yeah. And it's so... It makes you want to see J.K. Simmons reprise that role. You're like, he could have done that role in Full Metal Jacket, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the question is, and then, of course, there's a character who doesn't get as much play, but Paul Reiser is Miles Teller's dad, and he's very nurturing and sweet and loves his son and wants to defend Mm -hmm. him. And it's kind of a pushover, as they go out of their way to point out, like in his intro scene there at the movies, someone knocks him in the back of the head with popcorn and he just lets it go. Right. And that's clearly an intentional choice so that you can think back and go, J.K. Simmons, who's his other father <laughs> figure, would never have let that go. Right. You know? right. Um, so the question laid at your feet is, is it nurturing that grows genius or is it f- like destructive <laughs> abuse? Uh, yeah. And I just want to lay that out clearly yeah, so yeah, we know yeah. what we're working with if someone hasn't seen it. Yeah. But God, you got to see it. It's so. Uh, yeah. It's also imminently watchable. It's yeah. fast and like catchy. So there was never a dull moment in this movie. It was. <clears throat> it was. Yeah, and just even the quiet moments are beautifully shot and beautifully acted. Everything like there wasn't a, a second of this movie that I was like that I checked out. Yeah, I was in it. A hundred percent the whole time. Won the Oscar for sound editing, which if you're a music movie, you better like it should. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, I'm dominating too much. So Abe, what answer to the big question, or at least I want to bring up. Oh, you want the answer? You want to just skip right to what we thought? Yeah, because I have a lot of thoughts. One thing I thought was really interesting is Christian thinks that the movie settled on the side of J.K. Simmons being correct. Right. I don't know that I agree. Sure. I don't think I agree. I uh, so to answer my own question, and I because I. I, I kind of simplified your elucidation, elucidation of it as J.K. Simmons is the villain. So sure. you have a protagonist and you have a villain. Because he makes sense, but he's Machiavellian about it, right? Yeah. And that's like most of our best villains are people who think that they're thoroughly mm-hmm. right and are just will do whatever it takes to get the thing that they think is right, even though it's deplorable. Right. And this is the same the case. So... From a traditional standpoint, he is the villain, but I don't think that that, I think he is more of, uh, he's a teacher for one, but he's more of a vessel to force someone who hasn't thought about that problem to think about that problem themselves. So he's literally the guy showing the door to a bunch of kids and giving them the means in order to walk through the door. He is very open to the idea of like, if you don't want to walk through this door, you're just off the team. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not going to be an asshole to you. It's just if you're on the team, I'm going to be an asshole to you. That's the, them's sure. the rules. So I think that uh, he is a horrible, horrible human being. <laughs> but I also think that... You're talking J.K. Simmons, the actor now, in yeah. real life, right? Uh, but I think that he is right about, to some extent, that you can't just be nurtured your entire life, just like you can't be abused your entire life, and that 
means greatness. I think it's a combination therein to have a happy life. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, honestly, J.K. Simmons answered this question in an interview where he talked about it. He was like, I would be much happier. Like, I would, I think he's a bad guy in this movie because, and I think what he's doing is hurtful because why can't you just, like, have a wife go home, be happy, you know, be pretty good at stuff. You don't need to be the best right. at anything. Well, unless you have it hardwired in your brain that you want to be the best. And I think that if you want to be the best, you kind of have to take some pressure, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that Andrew played by Miles Teller, mm-hmm. uh, wants to be the best. It's all he cares about. And that's what the whole arc with his relationship is, is he flirts with this idea of being in a relationship and having a normal life. And then the second that they're like, no, you can't have that if you want drums to be the thing. He's like, I yeah. believe you. Okay. And then he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do cut it. everything out of my life. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. he's so propagandist about being the best drummer that like, that is the true evil is what Miles Teller has told himself. Is his obsession. His obsession with drums is the true evil. Of this well, I mean, movie. he says sure. at dinner, I'd rather be dead at 31 full of heroin in the gutter and be remembered, yeah. which I don't. I would not rather that (laughs) personally. So it's all just a spectrum. Um, And I think that for different people, different things work. I want to point out though, it's definitely made into a much finer package as a film than it is from the historical things that they're taking from. For example, in real life, Joe Jones never threw a symbol. He just dropped it on the floor, uh, which is a thing that, Sure. Teachers would yeah, do so meaning the, like you're done playing. I don't like what you're the playing. The famous yeah. story gonging you off in the within the universe of the film. J.K. Simmons keep coming back to as the evidence that his philosophy is correct. Right. right. Is that Charlie Parker and now Abe is saying apocryphally, but in the movie he believes. You're right. Charlie Parker was not good, and then Joe Jones threw a symbol at his head. And was really mean to him. Yeah. And that inspired him to try so hard that he became the best jazz player in the world. Right. And he wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, the story continues, though, is even though he wasn't physically assaulted with a symbol, that was so traumatic to Charlie Parker that he did spend he like two weeks alone in his apartment. Because once again, it wasn't it was him pressuring himself. It right. was his own demons that let him down this path. It's an internal struggle with Andrew. That's what I think the movie's about. And I don't think it has an answer. It just says some people have decided that this is the, how you solve this. This is the antidote. And they've further decided that it's worth it. Yeah. That like great art is so important that it's worth destroying some random number of psyches to get to it. (laughs) And who's to say that's a two part question. Like, Oh, does it actually do that? And let's say it does work. Should Mm -hmm. we do that to people? Is it worth it to get Birdland (laughs) dancing around what the movie's saying because the movie emphatically makes you want to think by how well it's shot, by how well it's edited, by how different both these guys are to each other. And the nine minute drum performance, five of which are his final solo, Mm -hmm. uh, which is just an eternity. But just again, like the concept, it's so perfect. Like, how do you end a movie? With a kick-ass drum solo. That's just such a perfect concept <laughs> yeah. to end a movie. Yeah. yeah, and like it's it's almost asking you to say like he finally fucking did it. Like the thing that he tried to do, he got it. He yeah. touched greatness. Which I think that the film is a little bit more nihilistic than that. I think it's not saying this is the recipe for greatness. Sure. It's just saying that this is 
what this kid needed to do to create that great moment. I, you can extrapolate it different ways. But yeah, here, of course. So here's what's interesting to me as counter evidence, just to keep the conversation rolling, not because like I don't know where I land, but one of the main takeaways to me that I think has to be noticed is that, so the finale is uh, Neiman, who he calls Neiman the whole time until yeah. he finally earns his respect and he calls him Andrew once at the end of the movie yeah. uh, during the drum solo. Andrew, <laughs> man, what are you doing? I'll cue you. Um, but he, uh, J.K. Simmons, he invites Andrew to the performance specifically because it's a place where he knows there are a lot of yeah. influential critics because he wants that kid's career to be ruined. He just doesn't like he want wants him to, to screw be, him over just because that kid, he's pretty sure he doesn't even know for sure. Yeah. Uh, snitched quote unquote about the rampant <laughs> about abuse, abuse in class yes. and yeah. got him fired as teacher at the conservatory. So what I'm saying is he does value if he's this altruist who's a true believer in the beauty of creating, yeah. like I'm doing this to, t to help you, why would he do petty vengeance eye for an eye bullshit at the end if he really believes Miles Teller could be great? Why is he like, and I'm going to get you kicked out of the business. Right. I don't give a shit if you're Charlie Parker. You fucked my job up. I'll fuck your job up. Yeah. I think that's two different things. Though. I think one is hate and one is respect. Like I think... He has loads of respect for Andrew, even though, because he knows he has potential to be great. That's why it pushes him so hard. But after he did that and he took his job and livelihood away, he does hate him. I think there's a lot of artists who are fantastic who just ended up hating each other. Uh, we have classic cases of that. Just sure. only because Simon that, murdered Garfunkel yeah. famously. <laughs> yeah. Why you don't hear from him anymore? Yeah, yeah. Hall and Oates, whew. <laughs> yeah, the famous Hall and Oates knife fight yeah. went down in history. Uh, but in any case, like I think that my interpretation is is that J.K. Simmons is petty. He's yeah. not perfect. He's just a very effective tool at doing this thing. But the second that he he felt that Andrew wronged humanity by getting him off of the Schaefer School of Music, you know, like lead band, sure, because he. He, he not just stopped his own potential. He stopped the potential for years out of greatness coming out of that high, very high end, you know, yeah. thing. So he's, he's got a grudge right. and that's why he's super petty about it. It's not that he's consistent. He's just petty. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How, how did you experience the car crash scene, Christian? Cause <laughs> I think that bears on the topic. Yeah. And it also like, I remember when I first saw it, it being so shocking to me. I didn't think they were going to go there where he still goes oh, to no. the show. Yeah, I thought it, it definitely felt at the time like it was going to be, okay, this is where he either learns a lesson or he's not able to do what, what he's trying to do. And I don't know, the car crash, I, I do think that lends to the idea that this is a little nihilistic because it does, it really does happen for no reason in his life if you look at his life there's there's no reason he should have gotten hit by that car it is the consequences to his obsession i guess mm -hmm. like, he's distracted driving yeah. talking on the phone so he got hit by a car yeah, yeah. and so it's just that that's life um but you're like why that day right there <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. he and jk simmons the only th consequences he suffers are getting fired from a job where he was abusing college kids mm -hmm. but then he still goes on to 
continue to play music with other people. And like he said, in front of a bunch of people who can make or break your career. So he still gets to do exactly what he wanted to do. He's still a top level jazz person in the industry. Exactly. In the city. Yeah. So it's, there are no consequences for him. And that's ones that stick. Right. And the one consequence that happened to him, he definitely deserved it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think it's interesting how they show not just how, because I think that's also evidence on the side that, well, maybe it works, but is it right? Right. Like, it's not just that he's abusive. His class engenders a culture of abuse until all the students also to survive become right. insufferable assholes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love at the beginning, Miles, you're mostly with him because he's like, man, this guy's really mean. Yeah. And then after the car accident, he gets there and the red haired guy, Connolly, who's never anything but nice and chill, which I think they also broadcast. Well, that's why he's not good. Yeah. He's too chill. He doesn't care enough. Mm -hmm. Um, but he gets there and he's like, shut up, Connolly. Just turn my pages, bitch. (laughs) You fucking oaky motherfucker. And you're like, he never would have talked like that before JK. Simmons got in his head. By the way, that guy is my pages, bitch. That guy was the drum like instructor for the other two for the movie. Oh, oh like he that's actually cool. taught Miles like he's to play good at drums, drums. And, he, yeah. and Miles Teller actually knows how to play drums. Mm-hmm. Like forty yeah. percent of the movie is just him. Yeah, uh, you can see in shots where it's like, yeah, they he cut away, to play which is yeah. one of the brilliant aspects of the editing is it's hard to find cuts where like mm-hmm. unless you're really looking for it. And I saw in like the goofs section mm-hmm. in IMDb, there was nothing worth bringing up because right. it's all just like, well, technically uh, he says. Five, six, seven, eight, and if it was technically a jazz ensemble, who'd be one and a two and a one, two, three, four? I'm just like, all right, okay. cool, <laughs> fine. Yeah, this one hit, it should be a triplet, but he hits it as a double. It's just like, yeah, it's a level fuck. of detail. But... And that means if they're talking about that kind of shit, you're doing yeah. something right. Because yeah. I'm not a drummer, so I just yeah. kind of look at it and go, like, that looks like drumming is happening. <laughs> And yeah. boy, some drumming Drum is happening. Really <laughs> some drumming really happened. Yeah, the car movie. crash is really interesting. And I want to kind of still talk about this addiction to greatness is that like, cause you were like, why did it have to be that day? Right. That's always the day for an addict to come to terms with it. Is that like, they're always safe. And if they're in their safety zone, they're going to be fine with it. But the one time you have to go to your mom's funeral or, you know, like, or as the ads for marijuana say, like, you just had to watch grandma. You just had to watch your, <laughs> your little sister. And now they're both drowned. <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> grandma wandered into the pool to get your little sister. Now they're both dead. <laughs> both dead. And then you shot your friend with your dad's gun. Uh, and it's just like, so and just- I've got to tell you, you may have herpes, <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? It's the price of greatness. Uh, no, but what it comes down to is like he's got an uh, he's got an addiction, and I think that I would actually disagree with uh, the assumption that J.K. Simmons has gotten still has what he wants and has less stakes because I think him molding the next Charlie Parker is much more of a like thing that he needs to it's be. It's his doing life's mission. Then playing in just another faceless, nameless orchestra where he does good caravan you know like he likes that it's everyone's a well-oiled machine uh but it isn't molding charlie parker that's i think it's also funny that they picked jazz to focus on because it reminds me of jk simmons gave me flashes of if you ever see bobby fisher the real bobby fisher in interviews 
he's so fucking full of himself and talks about himself like right. he's Brainiac from Superman. Like, yeah. well, when I was being the smartest man in the world, and you're like, <laughs> you're just good at chess. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> so it's like he thinks it's worth destroying these children's lives to get the best jazz right. ever. And it's like, you know, people don't even care about jazz really anymore, which is yeah. highlighted by, I think it's Him great. Talking the dinner about table the scene. That, yeah. <laughs> he talk, and the girl that he wrongs and then like, apologizes yeah. and he's like, Nicole. and guess what? I'm going to play it. JVC combo. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, like Oh, JV? like the VCR you're right. on JV. And he's like, it's the most famous jazz thing in the world. No one knows that or cares, like, dude. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which puts your drive in perspective. Well, it's <laughs> kind of reminiscent of the social network scene, you know, yeah. where he's like, mm. I created Facebook. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just like, no one cares yet. It's 2004. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, or 2020 it, where no one will care again. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, when it, absolutely. They're misled. They have illusions of grandeur. Yeah. But And that this is the most important it, thing to dedicate yourself but to. But to some people, it's the most important thing ever. Well, yeah. you could accuse us of being that way about film. Which Everyone is has. The, the movie hits so hard for a creative person. Sure. I mean, when you ha- develop impeccable tastes for something because you've seen so much of it, mm-hmm. you, you start to become an expert or you're already one. And so you kind of get offended when it's just like what you consider trite or rote, like Mm -hmm. is now you're being confronted with and you're like, I don't want to watch another Star Wars or I don't want to do this. And there's so many times where I think this movie just has such a great way of setting up the trope, you know, and going one step further than you thought it would go. Sure. Like he fucks up the drums and you're like, dang, this is that scene where he fucks up and he fails out of school. No, this is the scene where in the middle of the performance, he leaps over the drums and says, I'll fucking kill you and tries to strangle <laughs> J.K. Simmons to death on stage. On stage, in the middle of a competition, too, right? It's awesome. But, by the way, yeah. after they only got like one or two shots of that because he broke two of uh, J.K. Simmons' ribs. Oh, boy. <laughs> by, on the, ta- on the takedown. No, uh, when he like tackles him. Yeah. Uh, and, and why uh, isn't there a stuntman taking that tackle? Uh, I think there was... A, there was uh, <laughs> Well, first I don't off, need J.K. Simmons first off, to take I, I want to know how they did a lot of things with this movie uh, because this movie took 19 days to shoot, which is insane. Wow, phenomenal! Jesus. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's made lucky by having a cast mainly it's of three interiors, and it's yeah. all more or less interiors. Uh, there's yeah. only like six locations when mm-hmm. you think about it, and most of the locations are probably at the same school. Uh, yeah. In all the crowd shots, they really hide that audience. Mm-hmm. They didn't pay a bunch of extras. Right. To lights, show are out. Yeah. Yeah. lights are out. Yeah. <laughs> so it, they can really knock it out. And uh, he had already directed the short, which then. Uh, turned into submitted to Sundance Festival in 2013. It was also on the blacklist and was mm. voted one of the top blast, blacklists. And for people yeah. who aren't in LA or know what the blacklist is, it's the a script that has yet to been purchased by a production company to produce, but people have read around it and all passed on it. And then they decide at the end of the year, whenever they all decide. Uh, the Actually, people who are traditionally like yeah. these are the best of the ones that we passed on, uh, and so it ended up winning the short jury uh short film jury award and got funding for the uh, feature the feature speaking of a year and when we say he we mean damien chazelle yeah this was his first feature breakthrough project but he has since written 10 cloverfield lane and la la land neither of which i like <laughs> nearly as <laughs> much nearly as much yeah 
as uh, Whiplash, but that's okay. You want to hear sure. something funny? The studio originally gave uh, Chazelle a note saying specifically about the end. They wanted him to cut down the end. Too much drums. There, yeah. They, <laughs> he says he's good at drumming. We get it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because that end is one of the most right. like impactful emotional roller coasters. It's the I've best ever part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he just disagreed I'll and kept it anyway. Fucking eye out. Yeah, he just kept it anyway. <laughs> Uh, which is great if you can Ugh. any directors out there try to net, uh, make sure you get final cut <laughs> and it is I think it's also hard to like JK because it's funny I'm like well I get it you have to abuse the kids but do you have to say like <laughs> faggot and retarded when you abuse the kids like couldn't you abuse right. them in a less offensive way <laughs> like he does the classic drill sergeant thing anything you say he's like oh you're from there I heard they fuck each other there. Yeah. I'm going to fuck you, you fucking yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. You're really a girl. <laughs> and <you're> like, <laughs> it's basic shit. It's yeah. basic it's bully real. shit. Yeah. But I do like how, and it, and the, the title's great because it's the name of a real song that really is really, really hard to play on drums. And yep. yet, of course, the double is this movie is going to take you through emotional whiplash so many fucking times. And mm-hmm. there's a car crash. Be, that's yep. true. But like we all know... I really got this when I watched Scrubs, the JD and Dr. Cox relationship. Okay. When you get a father figure who's distant and mean, but you have brief moments where it seems like they do respect you. Sure. It's such an impactful thing. And I love how the movie orchestrates going back and forth. Like my two favorite moments where you think, oh, is this going to work out now? <laughs> he sees J.K. Simmons in the hall talking to a friend who, like Abe said, is yeah. not in the world of jazz. Talking and to his he's kid. so nice that yeah. you're like, oh. He's capable of being nice. This is a front. He's choosing to act like this. Therefore, maybe one day Miles could sure. be like a guy that's his friend. Yeah. And then the second one I love is when he first gives him the pep talk in the hallway <laughs> because it seems so genuine. And you yeah. realize in the next scene, he was. Oh, literally- no, he's just a piece of shit who wanted ammo. To he, he didn't want to just make fun of him. He wanted specific to shit. hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, like, what's your deal? And he's like, well, my dad's a writer. Well, I guess he's more of a high school teacher. So then in the next scene, he's like, you're gonna fail just like your fucking dad. Yeah. He can't write shit. Yeah. Eugene O'Neill over here. I'll fuck you in the face. Uh, and then match that with uh, in the drum solo when like J.K. Simmons has like a face of like absolute absolute agape like oh my god like he's so excited and he like fixes his symbol and stuff like that the first thing he's ever done that's supported and he's just and he keeps doing like the up motion to be like up the tempo up the tempo because now it's all on his tempo he has nothing more to teach this kid he just and now he's excited to be part of the genius yeah blossoming this is what we all did this but that also makes me mad because it's like he doesn't deserve to be a part of it or the credit it's all inside miles teller he didn't I don't think his system is what did it. Right. It was Andrew's fuck you to him that actually made him break through. Which like, is it, his argument. That is an argument. Like, huh? Is he wrong? <laughs> is he wrong? I mean, like, like that's, it's, it's kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi style shit, you know? Like, it's kind of like you need to kill, like, the son sharpens his teeth on the bones of the father. Like, I need to die in order for you to become greater than I am. And you did do that, right? Yeah, that's yeah. How you, I got your that. teeth are so sharp. I got sharp. super, super, super sharp teeth. Those, yeah, I got to bite into those femurs. Mm-hmm. The, I, the tougher bones. Mm-hmm. The glimmers are very little, but I think they're there. 
And what I, I love also the shot of Paul Reiser's face seeing like that touched yeah. me seeing what is like, Oh my God, my son can do this. Yeah. This is so beautiful. Uh, I believe that I personally believe that when he walks off stage after he realizes he's been fucked cause they switched the sheet music. I don't think he would have had the strength to go back on stage without his, dad. without his dad hugging him and waiting in the wings. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I think, and because I think the counterpoint is the off-screen student who killed themselves. Like that's what happens when you have only suffering and no one supporting you. Yeah. So I do think the film lands on the side that you need a balance, that you need an alchemical mix of the two. Or why would Paul Reiser be in the movie? I think that's right. I think that's kind of right. I think it means that if as long because what that hug means to me is Andrew going to his dad and going like. I'm going to try something very bold because I have nothing left. I right. literally have nothing left. If I die up here tonight, <laughs> I'll still have you. And mm-hmm. the hug means, yeah, yeah, you'll always have me. Yeah. And so it's this bittersweet moment where he's like, then I'm going to once again attempt my addiction one last time, one hurrah to see if I actually can become great. Turns out he won. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Casey at the bat. Yeah, it's not Man, what? That's such a different movie. If he gets up and he breaks in and makes them do his own thing, and then he like fucks up again, and he's like, "Wait, okay, wait, no, I got this yesterday. Wait, there's got, there's got to be a good way to just overdub, yeah, the drums. Oh, it's just a YouTube video and just make it a real sloppy, <laughs> shitty drum song, yeah. <laughs> and just like shots of them the looking shots around of, because yeah. there's plenty of shots of them um, looking them around, looking like, what's like, this guy fucking doing? doing? <laughs> yeah. You could repeatedly cut to the bassist, yeah. what the fuck are you doing, man? And what there's the also like doing, shots of J.K. Simmons like being angry looking at Miles <laughs> Teller, with, like his eyes squinted, just like no one's. Just... <laughs> and then you just put one guy at the end, just, just yeah, yeah. yeah. A just his dad. I was gonna his say a of Shia LaBeouf up and applauding <laughs> oh gosh so i don't know that it lands i think it's saying these are the forces in play sure. what do you think, I think <laughs> which it, i like about I want it Christian yeah no i like that question i like that question a lot because i don't agree that people can grow with only with only negative reinforcement that's something that humans aren't designed for just from like even if you grow up in an only abusive environment, you're going to become abusive. And that's not necessarily going to mean that you're good at anything. That's just going to mean that you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> and I feel like your imagination is pretty stunted. Right. Cause empathy is the wellspring of imagination. Yeah. You have to imagine what would it be like to be in that person's shoes? Exactly. So if you're an abusive asshole, you're not prone to think like that. Right. The way that I think of it is if you wanted to be the best actor in the world, you wouldn't sit in a room with a mirror and only watch the best performances you've ever seen and then try to mimic them. That's not real acting then. That's not actual creativity. That's not you feeling the emotion and allowing people to have access and to it. And making choices about what exactly. you're do. That's yeah. just mimicry. That's not actual creativity. <laughs> sure. So I think that the idea that you can just sit in a room, listen to Buddy Rich and your favorite drummers, and then keep doing that and do that by yourself that you that's going to make you the best drummer ever no i think you need the outside world you need inspiration from nature from your family from people that you love that are actually going to be be i don't know about your muse because i i don't i don't really like the idea of a muse and but 
I do. Oh, suddenly God is speaking through me and I'm writing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I I do hate romanticizing writing. Right. It's because it's, it's a muscle that you have to train. It's it's something that you have to work on. And I think it's the same with acting. I think it's the same with any art form, but I also think that there's something that's not in the movie that I think is important to understand is that sometimes there will be people in the world who are naturally better at you than at at certain things. Mm -hmm. And you will never be better at them, no matter how hard you try because they had a head start in one way or another. And so that's, I I think that's something that I'd like to see in a different movie, but it's too late for me to beat Michael Phelps at swimming. Exactly. Even if I made it my life's goal from now on. Yeah. (laughs) And like, it's too late for me to be the first man on the moon, (laughs) but like Uh, I could never be LeBron James time travel. No, no one set foot on the moon yet. I'm not I'm not six foot eight and like naturally as athletic as LeBron James. Oh, you wish He's you were taller? Very, well, no. And a baller? Really. A bit of a shot collar? <laughs> no, but he does have 20 inch blades on his Impala. <laughs> Nobody knows about my Impala. Don't, don't reveal my secrets. <laughs> I'm sorry. And yes, he means the animal from the Serengeti. Uh, Christian is illegally hiding Impalas in his house and I think the authorities need to know. Pay no mind to this. That one Ibex is really out of place there. (laughs) The horns put a lot of holes in things. I love how, because I also just think the dialogue sizzles in this. Like we just covered in Glorious Bastards an hour ago. And I think this is as good as a Tarantino in terms of like how many turns of phrase I noticed. Sure. Uh but I what did notice in four all words my, the NFL will never you'll never hear from the NFL. <laughs> yes, that's the best one is the uh, no because he says you know I'm the best jazz musician and the best band in the world. You're just doing well in high school football. Like who gives a shit? And he says, Oh, you think football's a joke? Come play with us. Four words you'll never hear from the NFL. <laughs> Very Such a good. deep cut. Yeah. yeah, just real vicious. Also, uh, <laughs> when he's breaking up with. The girl from the movie theater. I want to be great. And you're not. I want to be one of the greats. And I would stop you from doing that. Yeah. You know that for a fact. Yes. And when I did see you, you'd treat me like shit because I'm just some random girl and you have a path and passion and a purpose that makes you better than me. And I'll just be forgotten. Exactly. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's that that is the titular well not titular, that's the resonant line of the whole fucking thing. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? Why uh, would you do this to yourself? It's like punishment. But he believes that he wants to be one of the greats and he believes that this is the advocacy that gets you there. Yeah. To be great at things, you do have to sacrifice. That's mm-hmm. that's not in question in the movie, I don't think. In a way, it's like a cult. Like, yeah. it's a cult of thought, definitely. But it's like Schaefer's cult. Like, yeah. just this idea of J.K. Simmons being a particular guy who yeah. believes in the system and runs his particular room like a cult does. Yeah, it's Everything very much I a cult. Say, like, when he's in the other, when he's in the lower tier of band, um, and he's not a part of the studio ensemble, they see J.K. Simmons' shadow come up to the door and everybody starts paying attention. Like, is he going to come in and p- take one of us with him? Right, and, and he just walks in the middle of class and goes, may I? And the other teacher, like, bows and yeah. leaves. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, bad. God is commandeering yeah. the class, yeah. And speaking of rhythm and timing, <sighs> that's his main strength, is controlling the rhythm of the room. Yeah. You're not allowed to speak until he's spoken to you. He always arrives exactly on time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, except when he tells you to arrive three hours early to fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, everything's at his tempo until the last scene. Until... Ooh, I love the reveal when he's having them all cycle to see who can play fast right. enough, and he finally says the first nice thing, Neiman, you're in the part, and you realize, oh, God, it's 2 a.m. And then again, they have so many good toppers in this movie. You're like, well, that's that. He made him drum until his hands were bloody at 2 a.m., but nope. Then he goes to the door and opens it and the rest of the class comes in mm-hmm. and he goes, now we can practice. start. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they're going to now do their normal practice <laughs> session and everyone's been waiting six hours in the yeah. hallway. Yeah. Fucking so good. <laughs> and they know if they don't, she'll cut him. He'll be yeah. off. Yeah. Like uh, the kid he calls Elmer Fudd <laughs> shows up at a later because he just threw a chair at him and made him leave. Right. But you don't know if it officially meet Right. So right. he gets in his uniform and shows up anyway. And he's just like, no, Elmer Fudd, you're cut. I said you're cut and I meant it. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, it's that weird thing where he will at the drop of the hat cut or add anyone because that's the ultimate psychological tool. Yeah. Yeah. And he cuts people that have legitimate talent just as incentive for other people he's taken a fascination in right now. Yeah. During their the dinner scene, he talks, he tells Andrew that that's uh, the second guy he brought in. I can't remember his name. The second Connolly. Yeah. He was just there. To motivate him. Yeah. That's the entire reason. To make so, him scared. Yeah. So he uh, so he abused that person, too, for the sake of this improving. This person is paying a ton of money because they think this is a career they could do. And yep. he's jerking him around to get this other kid going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah. He's a he's a savvy tactician. Can't one of you drum faster than you give your boyfriend's hand jobs? Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah. And he's so the thing he calls him a pig fucker at one point. You know, he's mm-hmm. literally unfair because he kicks that guy out. Who's Elmer Fudd, whose actually name is Metzger. Yeah. He goes, for the record, Metz wasn't out of tune. You were Harrison, but he didn't know that. And that's just as bad, Yeah, which is true. But why is Harrison get to stay in the band? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and exactly. why are there no women in the advanced van ever? Right. Ever. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Even going so far as, he always says gentlemen and ladies instead of ladies and gentlemen. I'm yeah. like, you can't even put women first <laughs> in a standard phrase we yeah. all use. I do think there's like an air of misogyny to yeah. him, definitely. Well, and I think, yeah, that's just one of the one of the things that makes him like unlikable in this movie. too. Yeah. And and I think audiences would absolutely probably rebel more just because of our own tendencies if we saw him abusing a female student in the way that he does his male students that's probably true yeah it would be more disgraceful to yeah. general audiences probably to the school as well yeah like and then from get away with it yeah that's true i feel like uh just in case anyone's a holdout like yeah, the J.K. Simmons part are like feeling the intense parts of Full Metal Jacket. But then the Miles Teller parts where he actually faces the challenge and rises to it. It's, it was inspira- as inspirational to me as the Rocky montage. Like yeah. when he's putting his bandaged fingers in the ice and it <laughs> yeah. just fills with blood. You're like, fuck blood yeah, on the man. Drums, yeah. Keep going, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Play drums real good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just the shots of the blood on the drums and the cymbals and, yeah. Just trying to get that swing time. <laughs> Double much, swing time. Much like Oh Brother, it turned, it made me obsessed with it. Like, it's such good curation also that I was like, mm-hmm. I got to listen to some jazz right now. <laughs> Whereas after Oh Brother, I'm like, I got to make a bluegrass playlist, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you know who wins a music competition? Isn't it subjective? No. 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 <laughs> do they set you up with a job after you graduate? 
No. Well, glad you got it figured out. It's I bet it's a rough business. <laughs> <laughs> the classic, like I think as performers, you all know the classic dismissive parent who doesn't know. You're like, sure. I'm on the Cracked, this huge comedy <laughs> website. And they're like, website? Well, you'll get there someday. <laughs> Well, I mean, what do you, how do you guys feel about the question that is raised by the movie just generally? I think that it bothers me the implication that uh, because I don't I feel that life experience involves suffering and you yeah. have a richer life if you've faced challenges and that can give rise to more perspective. Yes, but it also implies that art is more important if it's serious or if it's about sad things that happen to you or if you write a poem because you got dumped and it really hurts. And I think there's just as much art out of yeah. like being in touch with how grateful you are to be alive or joy or whatever and you write yeah. a poem about that. I don't... I really don't agree with J.K. Simmons because I'm a softie and I really love Paul Reiser's inclusion. And even though it's mm -hmm. limited, I choose to take that to believe that the movie's saying like, no, wink, wink, Paul Reiser, actually. Yeah. Because they have the home videos where Paul Reiser, like, yes, okay, let's say he would never have played that great drum solo if J.K. Simmons hadn't slapped him in the face that time. <laughs> but also, he wouldn't even be playing drums nope. if his dad didn't nurture his love him. of drums yeah. and buy him a mm -hmm. drum kit when he mm -hmm. was six years old and shit. Mm -hmm. So if I'm saying, like, in a world where you want to engender talent, let's say I was going to teach something. Yeah. Maybe both are necessary, but why would you choose to lean into, I want to be the tough love guy. <laughs> I would always choose to be the Paul Reiser yeah. type nurturer. How about yeah. you, Abe? See, I, well, I'm a little bit more sympathetic to the J.K. Simmons <laughs> thing. Uh, not that I think that he's right or if right. he's not a villain, but I, in college I had a very tough you know, teacher, a filmmaking mm -hmm. teacher who you'd show your film and he would just ridicule you for uh, like most of the class. Sure. <laughs> and talking JP. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> JP Garin. I'm not, you know, he's a tough cookie. <laughs> yeah. uh, he worked with Godard and he's just this French old Should French filmmaker. Yeah, it's whatever. It's okay. perfect for JP. He loves motorcycles. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, you can hear a motorcycle sound in the background, it's, it's in fine. honor of JP Garin. Yeah, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't need to be that long of a thing he he was very tough but i think he made me better because i was i would stay up all night and be like fuck i he said he called me this what does that mean and then <laughs> and then i'd like watch the film and i'd be like god that's such a good movie and you look it up and you're like oh it's a british term for a yeah. bundle of sticks yeah <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he would be like you like the screen direction is wrong or the you know the eye direction eyelines yeah. are wrong and i'd be like i they don't they look fine to me and i you can attest this i never have an eye line problem ever that's true <laughs> you're looking right at me right now i know I feel i'm contact. making eye contact <laughs> and i remember in college the time he said one compliment about you you immediately came like told everyone it was yeah, a big deal I was like, yeah. you're like JP said, I may not know what I'm doing, but I swing a big bat and yeah. like I could have potential. Yeah. And I'm like, that's barely a compliment. Yeah. Like, it's like it's a huge. compliment hidden in an insult. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know. <laughs> so there's a little bit of that because I also had a Paul Reiser dad, you know, yeah. he was like pretty kind yeah. and yeah. supportive. So I, I know where it's coming from. Obviously, this guy was never abusive like J.K. Simmons was, sure. uh, you know, like. 
Just constantly demanding pictures of Spider-Man. There's no physical abuse. <laughs> Play the drums and bring me pictures of Spider-Man. He is in Spider-Man. Yeah, there he is. He <laughs> yeah. is in Spider-Man. So Fletcher is a despicable human. Sure. Uh, but I don't. I won't say whether or not I know that his methodology does or doesn't work. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that at the end he can say. I never had a Charlie Parker, but I tried. I actually fucking tried, which is more than most people, and I'll never apologize for how I tried. Well, if your system, you've employed it your whole life and it's never succeeded, how do you even know it works? <laughs> yeah. Maybe the Charlie Parker thing is just a random story you heard and you built your whole life yeah. around this one coincidental happenstance. Yeah. Could be. That's a very logical point of view. But Mozart's good, man. And he got the <laughs> crap beaten out of him. Mm -hmm. That's true. Who else is good who got the crap beaten out? <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, Michael boy. Jackson. That's true. Also tragic, though. So Colbert yeah. had a very tragic life. But see, I bet we could list amazing creatives. Vonna gets very sad. I bet we could think of... I'm like having a hard time, but yeah. there's got to be someone who, who had has loving, a great life families. and created art that I think is phenomenal. Sure. Like, I don't know. I don't know enough, but I wonder if Joel or Ethan Cohen have any unimaginable tragedies in their lives. Sure. I don't know. Well, I do know um, when I was doing an anthro class, uh, one of my teachers talked about the fact that of the hundred greatest, there was a book about the hundred greatest scientific minds uh, of, of the world. And one thing that 99% of them had in common, so 99 out of 100, had a time period in their life when they were making breakthroughs when they didn't have to worry about money, when they were just taken care mm. of. So there is something to the idea that you can and you will do amazing things if you're comfortable and you don't have to stress about outside influences, too. It makes sense to me that, like, if you have more resources, you'll be able to do even more with yeah. them. To a point. Right. But and yeah, there has to be some kind of... But I guess in my mind, I feel like the Hollywood struggle's already hard enough. Like, what drives me is how competitive the industry is and true. how we want to get jobs, but it's really, really hard, so you have to try hard. Sure. I don't need someone, like when I'm typing a sketch, being like, this joke is <laughs> shit, you're shit, for me to try as hard as I right. can. I already try as hard yeah. as I feel like. Well, and I think there's... Uh, maybe something to his like to J.K. Simmons methodology in the movie, because a lot of the kids getting into that school are not going to be kids that come from a disadvantaged life where they've had a lot of struggles yeah. in, in their lives. They play the fucking tuba at a yeah, New York exactly. conservatory that right. costs presumably a lot of money. Exactly. So they do have to face some kind of outside some something. They have to overcome something in their right. life because they probably never had to before. So maybe you're right. Maybe he employs us specifically at that conservatory because he assumes they're all spoiled brats. Right. Um, and very it is talented, true but that the ones brats. that crap out when you hear about him, he's like, yeah, one became a doctor and one became like a corporate lawyer. So these are kids who have bright futures regardless yeah. of what they do. They can even fail out of school and try something else. Yeah, that, I guess that could. Be. It's just like when there's a character like that, it's one of these characters that does such a great thing, I think, which is the feeling that you want to reach through the screen, grab them and ask your own specific questions. Yeah. Like I have questions for the J.K. Simmons yeah, yeah. character that I want answered and I yeah. can't ever get them. But I would I, I would also like to point out that Fletcher 
is specifically cruel to Neiman and a, and a handful of students. He's yeah. an asshole to everybody, yeah. mm-hmm. but he's like a ghoul when it comes to the guy who killed himself and like one every few years the people he sees the that he actually and, sees yeah. could be a Charlie <laughs> Parker. And yeah. when they let him down, he gets very angry and sad and doesn't does. care what happens to him after. Yeah. That. Yeah. And they're like broke trust in a way, which is not right or empathetic, but it's, like it's not like he's just doing that willy nilly. It's yeah. that he seems to have some like criterion for what makes yeah. greatness. He's he he believes he's good at s- picking a guy out of a room and saying that person is going to be yeah. could be great. Which is also why it annoys me because it reminds me of the Hollywood producer personality trait that I hate, which is producers who think they're responsible for great art because they have some magical ability to pick. They're like, I read a list of six movies and I said, that's your movie. And now it's a huge hit. I'm a movie wizard. And it's like, no, all the fucking people who showed up and made every artistic choice that ended up making it a hit have so much more to do with. And they're like, no, I magically picked the right one. You know, I knew zombies were going to be big. Uh, And he seems like that where I'm like, I'm not trying to throw shade at conductors out there, sure. but he just moves his hand. And I'm like, <laughs> if you're a good enough drummer, do you even need that guy after a point? Couldn't you just do it yourself? Does his hand moving? Is that what makes it the best? Yeah. He makes the comment. Ever? He makes the comment that he's not there to conduct because anybody can get up there and keep tempo. Yeah. So what is he there to do? Fuck you, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> That's why he wants to get back in the teaching. It's true. Yeah. That's why he's so sour yeah. on Andrew. And I feel like intentionally, when you hear his jazz combo uh, out in the world, yeah. it's like a small bar. It's not mm. like he's playing Carnegie Hall. And the song they're playing is fine. It's not as yeah. good nice. as the shit the conservatory yeah. students were playing. Yeah. And you get the feeling that all the people in the trio are super talented and this is easy. Yeah. And they're just... Getting the paycheck and yeah. doing this, yeah, and playing some good jazz with some good friends, yeah, you know? yeah. And they each take a solo once, and it's a beautiful little th- ditty. But it, they, mm-hmm. it's not there for that because right. people aren't listening for jazz; they're having an evening where they're yeah. drinking and talking over jazz. Yeah, which I think is a good way to experience jazz, frankly. <laughs> well, unless it breaks some poor kid's heart, which now we know. <laughs> Now we know. Now we know. We know now. Do we you know, know that now. sketch that we constantly reference? I don't think so. Well, you probably heard us do that before in conversation. Yeah. Though. Yeah. It's a Mitchell and Webb look sketch. Oh, that okay. we like. It's just uh, a director directing a sex scene. <laughs> and no matter what, the actor, the male actor in the sex scene starts mumbling. <laughs> Oh yeah, we know now. Now we know, and it's a ju- it's such as emo- they just keep cutting and going like, "Do you realize you're still saying now we know?" And he's like, "Am I?" And the actress is like, "Yeah, you are a bit." And they do it over and over, till finally I think they like duct tape his mouth, and it's working because they, they shoot the him from behind. It, and yeah. then she starts saying it, so they're both going like, <laughs> "Now we know." Yeah, we know now, and they're like louder. He's like, "Now you're both doing." And it. And he's like, "We'll just shoot it the backs of your heads." Yeah, we'll figure then, it out in post. And then the director's watching the day. My and he goes oh good okay this is working i knew it would work now we know <laughs> we know now <laughs> yeah it's this good. just viral phrase that happens in that room and now you know now you know now i know 
I that know now. Might mean we're done with Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> when we're start talking about sketches Other that stuff? we yeah. like ten year old sketches. Yeah. Well, I do think Mitchell and Webb look is worth bringing up to American audiences always because it's one of the great sketch shows. Yeah. That like if you like Kids in the Hall and SNL and everything. You should know Mitchell and Webb. It's not as good as Dave and Sh- Dave Chappelle's, but it's probably second or third. Uh, it's up there. It's me. up there. Yeah. It's hit and miss quotient is pretty good. As is yeah. Whiplash. As is Whiplash. Steering us back. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I'm getting content Whiplash here. Yeah. Um, so see it if you haven't seen it. I would love to hear comments on this episode where you land on, especially creatives out there. Where Does your art only come from pain? Yeah. Where does your art come from? Uh, do you ever get overjoyed and find it making you productive? Or when you're overjoyed, do you find yourself experiencing life and therefore not creating? Because <laughs> sometimes I get that where yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. I don't need to make anything. Yeah, I think it was Van Gogh who's uh, he was manic depressive or he was bipolar. And his manic episodes were when he did all his art. And then his oh. depressive episodes were when he cut off his ear. Well, so. mania makes sense because it's yeah. like you're sped up. Yeah. You have all the energy. Yeah. Uh, so watch I mean, it. It's yeah. great. Come it to your own really conclusions. Good. But yeah, um, there was one thing that I thought of uh, on the question, because we've talked about, I know I've talked about with you, Abe, that um, the idea about genius and the way that we think about it and the way that it's presented to us in movies, it's always a single person who has a moment of genius and we kind of romanticize it. Like we romanticize filmmakers who are geniuses mm-hmm. and we don't give credit to the idea that they... It's a collaborative effort. Wes Anderson's movies look that way because he chooses the same art director every time. He doesn't personally make it look that good. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess for the ensemble of the, the entire band, it wouldn't be a genius performance without everybody else that's participating, too. It's, he, could ha- he can have one moment, one moment of perfection, but it's not going to mean anything if your your read section is completely fucking it up. I would love if one of the oboists had a wholly separate plot with a different teacher they hate that's also culminating at that moment, and that teacher's like in the crowd. So in the middle of his, of Miles' drum solo, the oboist is like, no, it's my time to shine. I'm going to interrupt your shit with a kick-ass oboe solo. Yeah. I have every right. I am just as good. Yeah. I'm the next Charlie Parker on an oboe. Uh, I think you guys, just to wrap this up, there's one fact that I did want to point out because it deals with... Uh, struggle and genius as well as jk simmons was up against ethan hawk mm. in 2014 for academy awards for best actor in a supporting role do you know what ethan hawk was up for boyhood ah oh, yeah. which his character was played on and off occasionally over the course of 12 years yeah, yeah. sim simmons played his for 19 days <laughs> uh just a little you know put that into perspective about there's no one way to make to a make movie. a movie yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, so like yeah i love it when a super intense method actor loses out to an actor in the same category who is says in interviews like, Oh yeah, it was fun. I showed up. I read the lines. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, and I think there's I a lot of, yeah, method actors, method actors who take themselves too seriously and are just actually just assholes. So who are also talented actors. Exactly. But you don't, I'm like, I don't buy that. The only way to get that performance was to do that. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you just wanted to, you thought it would be fun in agreement. Not saying set. that about Ethan Hawke. We don't know if he's, he may have just thought it was a cool. Project. Ethan Hawke seems cool. I haven't heard anything bad about him. No yeah. training so, day rules. We yeah. don't know is my, our point. Yeah. 
Uh, Christian, where can people find you? They already know the small bean stuff, but if they take a special interest in you and want to drive you to greatness by hurling insults at you. <laughs> yeah. You can hurl insults at me on Twitter <laughs> at fanboy Christian. That's Christian with no H. You, there's your first insult. I don't know. Uh-huh. Be creative. Yeah. We're the get H an H, you H. fucking kid. <laughs> I yeah. heard people with H's get fucked by me in yeah. front of the class. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there. And then uh, I do stuff on Gamefully Unemployed. We're going to mm-hmm. be uh, recording a podcast this weekend. So yeah, uh, I'm also there. I'm just, you know, I'm around. Hit me up on Twitter. Whatever. He's one of our bigger beans. Small beans, the most comprehensive place to find all of our bonus stuff. And we do release a lot of interstitial bonus stuff, columns, and lots of interesting little side things. Is at patreon.com slash small beans. We're on Instagram at small beans comedy. I am on Twitter at swame underscore C-O-R-P. I'm on at Abe the Mighty at Twitter. You'll know it's him because there's a cat for his avatar. I have a lot of cats. Not really, but digitally. Yeah. And much like Whiplash itself, we will now abruptly end the show with perfect efficiency. This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!